0: This year, one thing I've really been focusing on is my own personal nutrition, but I feel like it's hard to have balanced, nutritious meals when life can be so busy, especially with two kids under four years old. But that is why I'm so excited to tell you about Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day so easy. So no matter what the day is throwing at me, I know that I have these pre-prepared, chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals that are delivered right to my door. Also, my husband lately has been working the afternoon and evening shift, and so he's been loving them too to bring to the hospital so that he doesn't have to order takeout and he knows that he can still kind of take care of his nutrition even in a pinch when he's working. And it's so easy to fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals because they are ready to go in just two minutes, plus they have snacks, smoothies, and even more. So there's so many options for your entire day. So maybe you don't necessarily need dinners. That's where we need some help. Maybe you want help with breakfast or midday bites. You can find that with Factor. Plus, it's flexible for your schedule. You can get anywhere from six to 18 meals a week, depending on what you need. And not only does it save you time, it also saves time in that cleanup after you eat, which is a game changer. So head to factormeals.com slash inminutes50 and use code inminutes50 to get 50% off. That's code in minutes fifty at factormeals.com slash in minutes fifty to get fifty percent off today. Now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. So, I want to talk a second about being a problem solver. When you are a problem solver, you can accomplish your goals. You can help find solutions to things that you've been struggling with. You can think outside of the box. And of course, meditation can help with these things. But you know what also really, really helps with being a problem solver is therapy, especially because it can be tough to train your brain to stay in like that problem solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. Now, I personally like to bounce ideas off of my therapist because I think it's really helpful for me to get this objective perspective, right? Someone that can look at what I'm saying, look at what I'm working with in life and just be able to look at it objectively, give me feedback and to help me come up with a solution to a problem that I am Experiencing, And most of the time it is like a solution that maybe seemed really obvious, but I just hadn't thought of it. And I needed the help of therapy to really get clarity on what I needed and the solution for my problem. And if you've been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, it's entirely online. And you get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time. So you can start getting some help and you can start working with someone really, really quickly if that's what you're needing. And when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Just visit betterhelp.com minutes today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash minutes hello everyone welcome to this freeform episode of the mindful in minutes podcast so i'm kelly and today we're going to dive into imposter syndrome so i released a meditation for imposter syndrome on sunday just a few days ago so if you've ever found yourself struggling with this or it's something that you want to work on it's probably one of my most requested topics lately um I have meditation for that. So you can do that guided practice if you'd like. But today I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into imposter syndrome, what it is, things that you can do to release this feeling and how you can specifically use different meditation techniques if you are working through some imposter syndrome. So very quick announcement, Uh, birthday week starts on Monday. So if you wanna hear all about that, I released a bonus episode on this feed. It'll be the episode right before this one. And you can hear all about we're doing one thing every single day. You can win $1,000 off a retreat. I have two of them coming up next year, um, Iceland and Portugal. So Iceland over New Year's Eve, Portugal in May. I have a few spots left in each, and I would love to have you there. So you can go to yogafrewonline.com slash birthday. I'll tell you all about birthday week, and I'll link to the retreats in the show notes as well. So let's dive right into imposter syndrome. So what is imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome refers to an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. So basically, you worry that you are a fraud and people will think that you don't belong here. And this is really, really common in today's society, especially in high performing and high achieving individuals. Also, I feel like those who are plagued with imposter syndrome are actually Usually some of the most qualified people, like they may not feel like they're qualified to be there. They may not feel like they have done enough to be there when in reality, they're the ones that everyone is kind of looking at and being like, oh my gosh, look at them. Like they're killing it. They are amazing. They're doing all this incredible stuff. And it's not uncommon to you know, be someone that people look at and be like, wow, look at what you're doing. Like you're killing it, you're doing amazing. And on the inside, you can feel like, oh my gosh, am I really qualified to be here? Do I really know what I'm doing? Am I really good enough to be doing this? So that's imposter syndrome in a nutshell is basically just feeling like you're not as competent as people think you are. You're not as qualified as people think you are or perceive you to be. And it's this internal struggle of like, do I really know what I'm doing? Do I really belong here? Am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Have I done enough? All of that. So some signs of imposter syndrome, ways it can show up in your life. So you can feel like you got lucky. You know, I say that in quotes, like got lucky when you actually prepared well and worked hard for something. So you don't give yourself credit of like, no, I worked hard to be here. Like I deserve to be here. You just feel like, oh, I got lucky. I don't know why I'm here. I just kind of lucked out and now I'm here you may find it hard to accept praise. You maybe apologize for yourself when you didn't actually do something wrong. Um, who Who is a chronic apologizer? It is a real thing. And it is something I used to do that. And I realized that was a way that I was trying to make myself small. And it's something I've really been working on of like, only apologizing when I've done something wrong. And I think apologizing is important. But you don't need to apologize for everything, especially when you didn't actually do anything wrong. Um, you hold yourself to an incredibly, sometimes impossibly high standard. You may find the fear of failure being paralyzing. You avoid expressing confidence because you think people will see it as like overcompensating or being arrogant or being obnoxious. You may be convinced you're not good enough. Um, and this can all lead to perfectionism right? Holding yourself back, having low self-worth. So I don't know if you know, you've experienced any of those things. I definitely have on those lists. Those are all different signs of imposter syndrome. It's not a one-size-fits-all kind of a thing. Um, it can feel different for people. It can show up in a different way. But those are some of the more common ways that imposter syndrome may be showing up in your life and i think it's important to note that you often hear about imposter syndrome just in the workplace setting and it's not always like a work related thing it often can be but you can feel imposter syndrome in any space in your life not just you know the the professional space or your career um you know i when i was kind of reflecting on my own journey with imposter syndrome there's been two times in particular that I really felt imposter syndrome. One was professional, one was personal. So the biggest, one of the biggest times and instances of imposter syndrome in my own life was when I first started teaching yoga. I felt very much like, do I even belong here? What are these people going to think about me? I only got hired at this studio because they were desperate for someone. Um, You guys have heard about my complex that I had about being so much younger than all of my students. And I was in my head about, you know, are they going to think that I am, you know, not qualified or are they going to realize that, oh, I'm just, you know, 23 years old, 22 years old teaching this yoga class. Like, what do I really know? How can I put myself in this teacher role? And I really felt imposter syndrome specifically around teaching and being called a teacher i very much felt like i was going to be you know found out and people were going to be like oh you don't know what you're talking about you're a fraud you are you how dare you call yourself a teacher you don't know anything and i really really struggled with this at first when i first started teaching it took me a while to move Through this and to start to build up my confidence and to feel like, you know, actually, I do deserve to be here. You know, I do know what I'm talking about. And I can put together classes for my students. And it it doesn't matter what my age is compared to their age. Then I think the second time that imposter syndrome really showed up for me was actually when I became a mother. So I very much kind of felt like you know, what am I doing here? And I think for a lot of people, we can very much feel like when we step into any kind of a new role, whether it be a work role, or a personal role, you can feel like, you know, what am I doing? And for me, I really felt that when I became a mom. And I was just like, well, I don't know. You know, I, I had worked as a nanny, I had babysat a lot, I'd worked with a lot of parents to, you know, help raise and care for their children. But then when I had my own, it felt like the training wheels were coming off. And I was like, I don't know, like, do I actually know what I'm doing? And I will say just like a general reflection on like being a parent is, do any of us really know what we're doing? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe some of us do. I've kind of just embraced this idea of like, I may not fully know what I'm doing, but I'm doing my best. And that needs to be good enough. And I really just... I don't know, I was second-guessing myself a lot when I first became a mom. I didn't have the confidence in being a mother that I did in other aspects of my life. And it didn't necessarily come as quick and easy to me as I thought it would. And I was I was just struggling with some imposter syndrome. And it was so interesting for me to kind of feel those same feelings that I once felt in a professional setting, but then to feel them in such a personal Setting and like I would hang out with other moms and be like, Oh my gosh, like, am I the odd one out? Am I, you know, are they gonna know that? Like, are they gonna think I'm a bad mom? And just getting in my head about that. So, for me personally, those are kind of the two biggest instances where I felt imposter syndrome in myself. And I know that it's something that a lot of us are struggling with. So I've put together just a little bit of a list, some ideas of how you can work on moving past imposter syndrome, some things that I've done. And then I want to explore specifically some meditation practices and techniques that I have found to be extra useful when working through some imposter syndrome. Now, imposter syndrome is complex and it is multidimensional. It, to me, it boils down to, um, you know, working on your true self, getting to know yourself, cultivating compassion for yourself, cultivating resilience, and also practicing some surrender and trying to let go of perfectionism. So as we go through these different things, I encourage you to think about maybe where your imposter syndrome is is coming from. So I think for me to, you know, just briefly psychoanalyze myself here for, you know, all of you to hear. But when I think about, like, where does my imposter syndrome come from, for me, I think it's very much that I have very high standards for myself. And I don't always think it's a bad thing to have high standards. I was talking to someone the other day about this. Uh, I think it's important to have high standards. I think they need to be realistic high standards. And I think that you need to be clear about what those standards are. However, for myself, I often have unrealistically high standards for how I should show up. Um, A lot of this shows up in my productivity, my ability to produce, my ability to create, uh, my ability to do. And I often have unrealistic expectations for myself and what I can do. So my imposter syndrome shows up as me worrying or feeling like, oh, people are going to think that like I'm not good enough or they're going to see that, you know, I was I was shooting for a a 12 and I only hit an eight. And what are they going to think? And, you know, it's just that's for me where mine comes from. It may be totally different for you. So just putting that out there, a little bit of honesty, um, if anyone else, if you are in my club of having unrealistically high standards for yourself. Um, which is a form of perfectionism. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. Uh, Well, welcome to my club. It is a challenging thing. These are some things that I've done uh, to work through that. So the first thing is really asking yourself, is this a thought or is this a truth? Now, you know, this is something that my therapist brought up to me a little bit ago, I think over a year ago now, and it's always stuck with me. And we have so many thoughts throughout our day. Um, Actually, I think I just read a study. We have about 20,000 thoughts a day, which is wild. That's about how many drops of water is in a uh, gallon. So we have like a gallon's worth of thoughts every single day. And we have a lot of thoughts. However, not all of them are truths. So something that I've really found to be useful when working with imposter syndrome is asking myself, is this a thought or is this a truth? Looking objectively, right? Meditation teaches us how to be an objective observer and to just witness and observe what is happening around us and within us and our bodies and our minds and our hearts. So, taking what we know from meditation of being an objective observer and applying that to our thoughts can be really useful when working with imposter syndrome. So, if you're telling yourself, I'm horrible at my job, I'm so much less qualified than everyone else, people are probably sitting here thinking I'm a fraud, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. Look at those things and ask yourself, is that a thought or is that a truth? Chances are they're a thought, they're something that you're thinking, but most likely they are not a truth. So a thought may look like, I don't know what I'm talking about, where a truth may be, I have a degree in this and I have X amount of years of experience in X field right? That's just like a fact. So really looking at the facts of what you've done, how you got there, your qualifications, your experience, and really looking at like, is this a fact or is this a story? Or is this a thought versus a truth? And we can tell ourselves some pretty wild stories, but they're not always filled with facts. So being an objective observer of your thoughts and pulling out the truths from just the thoughts that we are having and focusing on. Almost like focusing on the data, like what is actually true? What do I know? What is a fact here? So for me, when I was struggling with imposter syndrome, when I became a mother, looking at the facts was like, you know, if I say, oh, I'm such a bad mom because of A, B, C. And I look at that and say, well, is that actually true? Is the fact that, and currently, I think I've talked about this here, but currently pork chop has been going through a hitting phase, which has been really hard for me. I know that it's very normal. Um. But it's really hard for me to see my child, like, hit another child and make them cry. We're working on it, um, but a thought that I may have is I am the worst mom on the planet because my kid hits other kids. Is that a fact? No, it's not a fact. It's a thought that I'm having. The fact is that he is learning how to manage his emotions, and it's very common at his age to learn how to manage, you know, to have an emotional expression with his body, like, hitting. That's a fact. It's that fact is different from the thought that I had that I'm the worst mom in the world. Everyone's here at baby gymnastics thinking, oh, and then that that's the lady with the bad naughty kid that hits other people. Right? Those are thoughts. They are not facts. So pulling out the truth in there and looking what is actually a fact and holding on to that, I have found can really anchor and help bring you kind of to a grounded place when working through imposter syndrome. You also kind of a little bonus activity you could try is writing down your truths. So you could write down anything that you need to hear, your facts. You could put them somewhere that you look at them every single day. You could, you know, repeat them to yourself. Something like, you know, I have X many years of experience in this, or I know what I'm talking about. Um, One that I have, you know, I worked with when I first became a mom was I have, you know, I have known and loved pork chops. Since before he was even born, no one knows him better than me. That is a fact. Um, I know him the best. He, we shared a body for a while. Like I know him pretty well, and so I am qualified to make decisions for him based on what I know and what I think is best for him and our family. Uh, You know, I have a degree in this, or I was promoted to this, whatever facts you need to hear and remind yourself of, feel free to write them down, put them somewhere that you will see them often so that you can remind yourself of the facts. You could even say them out loud. Another thing that I have found to be really helpful when working through imposter syndrome is to talk to people you trust. So having close relationships or an individual that you can trust, whether it be a friend or a therapist or a partner or even someone maybe that you work with, but you have kind of that trusting relationship, sometimes just talking about it And like naming it can help you process it, but also kind of recognize how almost silly you sound in a way. And often when you have these conversations with people that you know and trust, they will be like, well, that's not true. Actually, you know, this and this and this and this. And it can be really helpful just to have like an honest conversation with someone about how you're feeling. And they may really be able to help highlight those truths for you and to, you know, recognize your achievements and to give you a different perspective on what you're experiencing. Also looking at your achievements and successes and let them be celebrated by you and those around you. So especially if you're a high performing, you know, high expectation, high producing individual, it can be very easy to always be looking at what's the next thing, what's the next thing, what's the next thing, right? It's almost like you are, driving and you never use your rear view mirror, you're only, you know, eyes forward, what's the next thing? And that's important to do at times, but sometimes when we're always looking forward into the future of like, what's next, what's next, what's next, we never get to actually stop and celebrate and acknowledge the wins and the wonderful things of the present and also the great things of the past too. Sometimes the past gets a bad rap, right? Where we're like, oh, don't, you know, don't live in the past, let that go, move forward, And that is important. However, if there is something that you have done that is great or is a milestone or is worth celebrating, stop and celebrate that. When we're always looking forward to what's the next thing, what's the next thing? Okay, I've done this thing. I've achieved this thing. I've hit this milestone. I've done this thing. But what's next, 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 next? You never really get to celebrate and be present and recognize that like there's incredible, wonderful things that you're doing and that are happening to you right now. And that you are probably doing things right now that you used to only dream of, things that used to be like, well, one day, I remember when I first started this podcast, I had this goal. I was like, what if 1,000 people listened to this podcast? And there have been a lot more than 1,000 people that have listened to this podcast. And to me, that is amazing. That is incredible. But sometimes I forget that. I just, you know, I don't dive into the numbers of the show very often. It's not that important to me. But when I do and I look at the numbers of like how many people are listening and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that is incredible. That is amazing. That is beautiful. And that is something that like, sometimes I have to stop myself and be like, Kelly, you are living something that you used to only dream of. And if I find myself always looking at like, well, what's the next thing? Well, what's the next episode going to be? You know, what am I going to do with this? What about this retreat? What about that? What about that? That I don't give myself the space to be like, no, I've done this thing that's really cool and I'm really proud of and I used to dream of this and now I'm living it. And so making sure that we are celebrating our success and our achievements and let people around you celebrate that too. That can be tricky. It can be hard, but give it a try. Um, You are definitely doing things that are worth celebrating from yourself and those around you. Um, Also looking at perfectionism and how it's showing up in your life. So I already told you for me that shows up as having unrealistically high expectations and standards for myself. And that's absolutely a form of perfectionism. Um, I have no problem, you know, knowing that I'm going to send out newsletters and there will be typos in that. That's going to happen. You guys know dyslexia. It's a thing that I really struggle with. And, you know, there's just little things where it's like, I will put something out when it's, you know, the best that I can do and the best that I can do probably isn't perfect. But where my perfectionism shows up is just having these really, really high expectations for myself in many different forms. So looking at maybe where perfectionism is showing up in your life, where you are maybe holding yourself back because you're wanting things to be perfect or just right, or, you know, if I achieve this thing, then finally I can be happy. And just asking yourself, reflecting, like, is this coming from some kind of perfectionism? I don't know. I can't answer that for you, but through your own reflection, you may be able to come into some insights from that. Also taking a look at your relationship with yourself and your self-worth. So for me, you know, I really think that imposter syndrome boils down to getting to know yourself through true self-work. Um, looking at yourself and the facts objectively, cultivating self-compassion and resilience, it's a very complex multidimensional thing. There is no one quick fix. There is no you know, recipe for if you follow this recipe, you will be cured of imposter syndrome. I also think that imposter syndrome is something that can ebb and flow. It, it probably will never fully be gone. I'm sure even people that we would look at and be like, wow, look at everything they've achieved, they probably still experience imposter syndrome at some point. So we're really not necessarily shooting for never feeling imposter syndrome ever, but just being able to work with it, sit with it enough, move past it enough where it's not impacting our day-to-day life. It's not stopping us from reaching our full potential or living our dreams or whatever it is that it may be getting in the way of. So thinking about what the root is of your imposter syndrome. Is it, you know, maybe lack of self-worth or confidence and you want to work on becoming more confident or believing in yourself more? Or is it that you are struggling with perfectionism? Or is it that, you know, you want to build up some resilience? Or that you aren't very kind to yourself, that you need to be more compassionate for the fact that you're human and you're doing the best that you can? Again, I can't answer that for you, but you may be able to through some self-reflection so just something to consider i like to do some soul writing so that's where you do a little bit of meditation quiet the mind ask the true self or the soul to answer questions for you and you can reflect on like what is the root of my imposter syndrome or you know what am i really struggling with here where does perfectionism show up in my life and then finally i think that like setting yourself up for intentional struggle and challenge is a really beneficial exercise to work through imposter syndrome. So doing things that you will probably not be great at or fail at or intentionally struggle with or that will be challenging to you, I think this can be a really beautiful exercise. It can help you distinguish between what you are actually a beginner at, what will help you build resilience and also kind of have like a little bit of fun lower the stakes and like to be a beginner at something I think can be such a great exercise to then highlight where you aren't a beginner like where things come easily to you or where you you know thrive and I think it's just good to practice intentional mindful useful struggle challenge you know being a beginner in something so maybe you want to I don't know, try like rock climbing. I don't know why that's the first thing that popped in my head, but try rock climbing or do something you've never done before or do something that will be kind of challenging or new to you. And it might not seem like it directly correlates to imposter syndrome, but I think that when you look at the flip side, because like I said, for many people, if they're experiencing imposter syndrome, they're probably very high performing, very high yielding um, and so if you kind of look at the opposite side of that, of being new and having to, you know, acquire new skills, it can then really highlight where you are truly wonderful and great. So just something to consider there. And then also just making sure that you're treating yourself with the same love and kindness that you would for someone else. So if I came to you and I was like, you know, I feel like such a fraud I don't know what I'm talking about. I, you know, I, what if everyone secretly hates me and whatever it is, right? You would probably, well, you know, not everyone will be kind, but all of you beautiful people listening here, if you're still with me, like 30 minutes into this episode, you are very kind. And, you know, you wouldn't be like, oh yeah, Kelly, you're right. You don't know what you're talking about. I don't know why anyone ever listens to you or listens to a single one of your meditation practices. It's all garbage. Like, The kindness that you would probably give me or give a stranger or give your best friend is probably a lot higher than the kindness and the love that you're showing yourself. So treating yourself like you would a close friend or a stranger or someone that you admire or someone that you think is really great at what they do, giving yourself that same level of kindness and love and compassion and working on that can really, really help with imposter syndrome. Okay, we'll jump back in one second, but I want to take a pause to tell you about Inside Tracker. So, with Inside Tracker, you can live healthier and longer, and they have science-based human and health span optimization, which absolutely I love. That they are innovative, scientific, they are evolving. So, what does Inside Tracker? Do So they create evidence-based solutions that are simple, clear, and actionable. And you know how every day there's like a new diet trend or like eat this, avoid that. No, no. They cut all of that noise out by analyzing your blood, your DNA, your lifestyle, and nutrition habits and tell you how to live, look, age, and perform Better. So inside Tracker products have already helped thousands of people, including me, improve their lives by improving their bodies from the inside out using personalized recommendations for nutrition, supplements, and lifestyle. And they just help you to optimize your life. Everyone from elite athletes to busy professionals and stressed out parents. Like me, So when I got my test done, as you guys know, it indicated that I had some high cholesterol, also that, you know, maybe I had a little bit of extra stress in my life, and they gave me some personalized, easy, simple, actionable things that I can do to help improve those biomarkers, and I have seen a change since I got retested, which is amazing. So right now, you can get 20% off your order by going to insidetracker.com MIM. That's insidetracker.com MIM. So I want to wrap up this episode by talking about specifically how you can use meditation to work on your imposter syndrome. So I've shared some general reflections, some different tips, but of course, Mindful Minutes is a meditation podcast and I'm a meditation teacher. I've got to talk about meditation. So... Meditation, like I said at the top of the episode, is all about objectively observing. So what is actually true and what is just a thought in our mind, being that observer. And as you continue to meditate, as you continue to... I guess, fine-tune your skills at being an objective observer. It will really, really help you differentiate between what is a thought and what is a truth. So general meditation and cultivating that skill can absolutely help you with your imposter syndrome. Um, There are also a couple of meditation techniques in particular that I have found to be useful um, for imposter syndrome. So the first is visualization, You guys know I love some good visualization. I lead you through a lot of them here on this podcast. But if you are a visual person, what I recommend doing is you can visualize where your imposter syndrome is. Like, where is it? What does it feel like asking yourself, you know, how should I remove it? So maybe you are reflecting on this and you're like, you know what? My imposter syndrome feels like a tightness in my chest. So you're like, Okay. How would I want to alleviate that tightness? And you can be like, well, I want a warm light to shine down on my chest, alleviating that tightness. It's like, okay, awesome. So when you're meditating, you can do that. You can visualize, see where your imposter syndrome is, and then give it whatever it needs to be removed or released or replaced. So visualizing your imposter syndrome, where is it showing up in you? And then, you know, trust your gut, just do whatever you need to do to remove that from your body and from your life, so visualization I have found to be really, really useful when working with imposter syndrome. Also, mantra. So, coming up with some positive phrases, you know, some affirmations if you would like. Do I say that, affirmations. I don't know. It's good. <laughs> what am I doing here? Um, mantras or affirmations? You can really think about like what is the positive opposite of what you're experiencing. So if you often tell yourself, you know, I'm not qualified to be here. I don't know what I'm talking about. What would be the positive opposite of that? Um, Something like um, I am qualified. I know what I'm talking about. I am proud of what I have to share. um, I show up every day with confidence Thinking about what is the positive opposite of what you're experiencing with your imposter syndrome and coming up with a handful of positive present tense phrases and mantras that you can repeat to yourself or write down, put somewhere that you'll look at often and use mantra to really combat that imposter syndrome. Now, I also really like to use loving kindness meditation for the self as a way to work on imposter syndrome. So sitting in meditation, um, you can listen to the TWIM episode to you know really get the deep dive on how you do this. But the SparkNotes version is sitting in meditation and you can send compassion to yourself. So you think about the feeling of compassion or self-love or even confidence. You let that feeling ignite within you and then you just radiate it yourself so let it seep into all of your cells let it surround you like a bubble like just fill yourself up with that feeling let it be within you and radiating out of you and just build this like bubble of what you need all around you whether it be self-love or confidence um and using that technique to really combat your imposter syndrome So those are some meditation practices that you could try or techniques that you can try. Of course, you can do the guided practice um, that I just released on the feed on Sunday. And just know, like, just be honest with yourself. Be, you know, kind, realistic with yourself. This may never go away, but we're just working on releasing it enough so it's not getting in the way. Um, You know, being honest with yourself of where it's showing up, how you want to work with it. And hopefully this gave you a little something to think about in terms of your imposter syndrome. Um, the question of the day comes from, uh, many of you, I just get this question a lot, so I thought I'd answer here. Do I want more kids? Um, do I want to give Porkchop a sibling? Yes, I do. Uh, a lot of you, when I released the Portugal retreat, um, many of you were like, oh my gosh, are you pregnant again? I am not pregnant again. However, um, you know, many of you little uh, sleuths out there, uh, I am only doing those two, uh, retreats because, you know, I hope one day, um, it will happen again. And so, you know, as I am kind of actively willing that into my life, I am not planning anything out too far, um, in case it does happen. So, you know, I am not currently pregnant, but I would love to have, you know, another little pork chop. Motherhood has, you know, been a huge challenge, but it also brought me so much joy. So I do want more kids. Um, I hope it'll happen. You know, we never, you know, I've, you never know. I've never really spoken really openly about, you know, my journey with, Um, getting pregnant the first time I don't know if I will um, but you know all I'll say is just we shall see Um, and then the thing that is bringing me joy uh, you guys know (laughs) that I am a Swifty so there's a new Taylor Swift album out today and I'm just excited about it it's just fun um, having something fun to listen to definitely just you know it's just making me happy. So that's bringing me joy today. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I will see you soon for birthday week. And I just hope wherever you are that you're doing great, that you're finding some joy. Know that you are enough, that you are good enough. I believe in you and I think you're amazing. So thanks for listening. Have an awesome day.